Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres. We're here to talk to you about the Hockey Podcast Network. As you all know, the Hockey Podcast Network is your one-stop shop for all things NHL year-round, featuring podcasts for each team based in their respective local market. Subscribe today. You won't regret it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode three of season two of Straight Up Sabres. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And we are coming to you now uh, with some some pretty breaking news coming through with Pierre Lebrun uh, reporting the probable division uh, realignment now with new progress coming on uh, a start date for next season. Things are seeming to be trending in the right direction, so that's great, as we had talked about last episode uh, things were at a bit of a standstill and, and a little bit worrisome, but now things are, are seeming to look up. And with such breaking news, we thought it was only appropriate that we welcome back one of our favorite guests that we've had on. You know him from Twitter as Kevin. His at would be at NTRider825. Kevin, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. It's been a while. Absolutely. Too long. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. Yeah, me too. I'm glad to have actual hockey to talk about. I know. Real real <laughs> updates here. Yeah, seriously. So, um, before we, we get into uh, the division announcement that Pierre Lebrun uh, had just reported, uh, we wanted to talk first about something very serious and very disturbing, which is Pierre Lebrun's abbreviations for Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Uh, Kevin, care to comment on that? Yeah, just, just brutal. You got to remind – what was Philadelphia's again? P-H-A. I I can't even – yeah, I, I, I don't even know where to start with it. It's just, I know, like, doesn't – Elliot Friedman has the bit where he tries to come up with the most absurd, which is a good, pretty good bit, you know. But, right, right. Like, you, can't, you can't do that. That's just awful. That's just no. – we got to look into Canada, figure out what's going on up there. I don't know. Yeah. Very, very, it's very worrisome. I would even say Pittsburgh might even be more troubling just because of the fact that he went PGH when in reality the first three letters – actually, it's the same for Philadelphia too. But, like, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah. Taylor, any Everybody, everybody knows PIT. Everybody knows it. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows it. That's insane. Also, PHA sounds like, like a fourth – tier hockey league like you would play in after you drop out of the ECHL and you can't make it like something Casey Middlestead yeah. is playing in like four years. Uh, yeah, like every every Saber that was drafted after the third round is currently playing in right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go through. Uh, I'm going to go through now and I'll just read the divisions. We'll talk about how this impacts the Sabres. We'll talk about how it impacts the rest of the NHL. Um, since we don't have formal names, uh, we'll just start off the first one, which the Sabres fall into. We'll just say uh, the very eastern one, uh, which would be Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Fa, which for those of you at home, <laughs> that would be uh, Philadelphia. Pittsburgh, and Washington. Then you have a central division that's made up of Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. And then you have your western division, which would be Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, the Kings, the Sharks, the Blues, and the Golden Knights. And then, of course, you have the Canadian division. So let's start off with the Sabres. Kevin, uh, a lot of talent in this division right now. How are you feeling about the Sabres standing within this new division? 
Yeah, I think um, I mean, I think just generally speaking, I think the Sabres were going to play in a tough division regardless because the Atlantic, you know, the traditional Atlantic division is tough too. And really, if you look at it, what happened here is they kind of traded out Tampa and Toronto are out, which is obviously a big help uh, along with a few other teams. And so like the, the high end of the division gets, I think, quite a bit easier, but there really aren't as many lower class teams. It's like Boston and then a bunch of sort of middle class to, to upper middle class teams. And, uh, and then I guess, depending on what you think of New Jersey, there really isn't any, any teams that are going to be easy wins. So I think like on aggregate, it's probably about the same. It's just different. Like it's the same, it's the same quality, um, you know, same toughness, but it's just in a different way. And I think as far as where the Sabres land, (laughs) I think, I can comfortably say they're better than the Devils. I don't know that there's another team I would comfortably say they're better than, but I also think that there's about six teams that they could be better than. <laughs> so, um, you know, in Boston, even who who should win the division, I think if I were to pick, but, you know, they're starting off the year with some big injuries. And I, I think the rumor is that there might be more sort of a series style where you play a team two or three, maybe four times in a row. And if you catch Boston at the beginning of the year, that could even, you know, that, I mean, it's going to be advantageous to some team, whoever does, or teams, whoever do. So, you know, I think it's maybe one of the, maybe it's one of the two toughest, I think, um, maybe even the toughest, but I think that this was just always going to be the case. They were going to be playing in a tough division. And the question is, would you rather play, you know, all those Metro teams a bunch, or would you rather play Tampa and Toronto and Florida, who they can never seem to be, and even Carolina. You know, I think there's some advantages in that way, um, but ultimately they were always going to be in a tough division. So I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be easy at all. Yeah, I well, one thing I was kind of looking forward to the the idea that maybe they could finish ahead of Florida for the first time in the history of right. the Atlantic Division, which they didn't do the previous seven years somehow. Uh, but one thing that I was I was kind of thinking about when I was mulling over these teams is. Washington's made the playoffs in 12 of the last 13 years. Pittsburgh, I believe, has made it 14 straight years. Uh, at some point, those cores kind of have to break down, like the Red yeah. did a few years ago. Yeah. The, all, all their best players are not even over 30. They're well past 30. Uh, particularly Ovechkin's 35. On the other side, I think Crosby just turned 33, and Malkin is 34. So do you think there's any possibility the Sabres could – kind of surprise and leapfrog one of those teams and not because they're so good but maybe because one of those right. teams falls off the way San Jose did last year well I think that the the story of the, the Sabres making the playoffs would require it um they're going to need something like that and they're, they're going to then need to be better than I would say the Rangers and the Islanders and if you can get that combination of things it puts you sort of right on the fringe depending on how the playoff format breaks down which at this point we don't quite know yet either I'm just sort of assuming you're going to have to be somewhere close to the top four to make it. But um, I, I personally am not, I have, I've been sort of down on Washington for the past few years. They kind of seem to be hanging on every, you know, every year they, they, they don't really come back to the pack, but you'd have to think that, that that core is close to a, a cliff and Pittsburgh has really in some ways been chipped away at and mismanaged. Um, their asset management has been pretty poor for the past few years and you have to wonder – I mean, that's that's always a team where you look at it and say if you have a couple of injuries to your bigger players or even 
you know, age-based decline, then they would be one of the teams that you would be looking at. I think, again, like the, the Sabre, if the Sabres can make the playoffs, they're going to need that in combination with them being, you know, hitting on their sort of higher, one of their higher end projections. You know, I've been talking or mulling over the fact that my outlook on the Sabres this year is sort of funny in that I don't think that they're substantially improved in terms of what their most likely outcome is, but I think they've really extended their range of possible outcomes, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. they're built in a way where if things go right, they I think they can be a playoff team. And in years past, if things go right, then they could be an 86-point team. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I think they're going to need to hit on one of their higher range of outcomes in concert with one of Pittsburgh, Washington, um, I guess you could throw Philadelphia in there if you want. Um, some of their core is a little bit sneaky old too, um, actually. But if you you, you kind of need both of those things to happen. And if both don't happen, then they're probably on the outside looking in. So to your point too, Kevin, you know, something that I immediately had thought about once this was announced was it's definitely a tougher division, I would say, especially when you look at it compared to the Central, we'll say. Uh, but – the fact of the matter is, is that you're going to have to leapfrog several of these teams anyways, even if it was right. still the Atlantic division. Yeah, because you you're not finishing top three. Right, right exactly. So you're going to have to be better than them. Uh, yeah. But I guess what I'm wondering, though, you know, continuing on this idea here, as we talk about those four teams that we can call like the perennial playoff teams between Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington – um, is there one of them that, you know, you would think has the most uh, likely potential to have that drop off this season? Um, I, uh, I think I would want to say Pittsburgh, um, probably Pittsburgh, if only because I, Pittsburgh or Washington. With Pittsburgh, they, they've just lost so many, you know, so much of their depth around the edges. They, you know, they're, they're making sort of odd trades lateral moves down you know downgrades for no reason i don't know i don't know that they're going to be able to withstand the sort of you know um injury to crosby or malkin or uh, even Latang if you want that that they have been able to in years past i'm tempted to say washington because again i've sort of been waiting for that shoe to drop for a while but um you know they're bringing in they've made a couple of decent moves they're bringing in um Samson off the goalie, who I think looks pretty good. You never really know with goaltending. But I think I would take Pittsburgh there um, with the – I think Philadelphia being sort of clearly above that, Philadelphia and Boston being clearly above that in terms of teams that I don't expect would fall back. I think Boston could struggle a bit to start the year. You know, just to be clear, that was more of a comment on if you catch them in the beginning of the year, that's going to be better. But ultimately, I think it's, it's probably their division to lose. Now, let me throw a non-advanced stat, but weird stat thing at you that's not at all a good <laughs> argument for this. Philadelphia only makes the playoffs in even years for I think, <laughs> right, right, the entire past decade. Yeah. You think that could factor in? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, it's like, the, you have, have you noticed uh, the Jeff Skinner thing? If you look, he has a good year every other year. So oh, that's like a big, you know, hey, look, that's a big reason why maybe I'm a, a little more optimistic on the Sabres. It's it's an even number or an odd numbered year. It's a good Jeff Skinner year. So no, oh, that's good. Yeah, definitely. But uh, also looking at the the division, they will now likely share a division with a team that I think has been kind of interesting, not divisive, but there's a kind of a broad range of opinions on in hockey Twitter, which is the Rangers. 
Uh, a lot of people think they have – well, they do have a lot of young, talented guys, but I think there is definitely a range of opinions on what their ceiling is or what their likely ceiling is with these these mm-hmm. guys or what Lafreniere might look like in his first year, how Capo Caco might bounce back or not bounce back, uh, how good Adam Fox is or obviously Tony D'Angelo. So where do you fall we on We don't the, speak of his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Posting King, uh, Tony Tony is definitely online. (laughs) Extremely (laughs) online. Yeah. Uh, so where do you fall in the, in the Rangers, uh, outlook? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty low on them. I think compared to, in terms of that, that debate, I, they have not had a good defensive, any have had good defensive results for like a decade now. (laughs) And I don't see anything that they've done to change that. Um, they, they cap dumped Mark Stahl, but um, you know he's he was his minutes. I think were on the decline anyway. I don't. I just think they're one of these teams that that last year they had they got their they always get great goaltending, so you can pretty much bake that in. They got their great goaltending. I think Artemi Panarin was the MVP of the league last year. Agreed. Um, great player, but are you going to get a better year than that? Probably not. Uh, you know, Adam Fox had a, a fantastic year. They got a huge finishing season from Zabinijad, a great player, but another – I just look at all these guys and I think I don't know that there's really more to give there. And what they're leaning on to be a lot better is realistically, you know, Im- improvements from prospects on the team and improvements from players coming in. I have no idea what Alexis Lafreniere is going to be. I-, I highly doubt he would be anything – He's going to be a great offensive player. I'm almost sure of that. I don't know when, and I have no clue what kind of defensive player he'll be. Um, you know, and and Cac was a guy I loved. I thought he was the best player in the draft. Um, you know, he's playing in a men's league. He looked like he had a all, great all-around game. I know there's reasons <laughs> Rangers fans will cite or, or yell at you about <laughs> to say maybe why he struggled so much last year. And a lot of them are legitimate. He played a lot of hockey. Um, you know, he was coming onto a team that really wasn't well coached. He didn't have great line mates, but the the numbers are ugly. <laughs> They're ugly to a level that really makes me question what his ceiling is as a player. It kind of doesn't really matter as much anymore because they won the lottery and took <laughs> a player at the same position. So long-term, I think that they're set up fairly well, but I would say short-term, there's still a lot of problems on that team. A lot of holes. They still need their great goaltending just to be an average team, you know, and then like big picture, there's a reason that they're a team that all of these silly Eichel rumors are always linked to, right? Because they still don't really have that kind of player. Um, You know, and the logic of the Sabres again is if you're going to make up, make the playoffs, you're going to do it on the backs of six forwards who are, you know, at the, at the higher end of their particular position, and place in the roster and the guy at the front of the line is Eichel. So there are some things that that team lacks that I think um, they're, they're a team that no question the Sabres have to be better than if they're going to make the playoffs. And I am probably on the side that says the Sabres are in a better position to be better than them than vice versa. And that probably isn't the consensus position. 
Well, as you had mentioned there too, Kevin, you know, really what that's going to come down to is, is being on the backs of, of those six forwards, like you had said, and mm-hmm. you know, as you had mentioned at the top of the show, we haven't had you on in, in quite some time. And so, uh, of course, the big news of the Sabres offseason was the acquisition of the acquisitions, I should say, of Hall and of Eric Stahl. And so I know this is a very basic question, but I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on how much you think that the addition of those two guys moves the needle towards pushing the Sabres to being a legitimate playoff contender. Yeah, I think there's a, a way, there's a roadmap now for them being a, an improved team. And, and as I said, their range of potential outcomes is much higher because of the existence of, of the additions of those two players. You know, I've liked about half the moves they've made. Um, you know, been sort of in the middle on a couple moves, and I've really disliked a couple. But I think, and I think that that's kind of what most people would say. But the mistake that a lot of people are making when they look at the big picture is they're weighing all those moves equally, and they, they don't need to be. You know, they they downgraded uh, by by replacing you know Johan Larson with Cody Egan, but you don't need that to be a bigger downgrade than your upgrade uh, replacing, I don't know, insert your favorite last two years Sabres second line center with Eric Stahl. <laughs> um, and, and, and obviously Taylor Hall, specifically Taylor Hall, provides an individual upside that is beyond anything that you would ever expect to get on the open market. It just, Taylor Hall, you know, 18 months ago, two years ago, you know, literally one of the best two-way forwards in hockey, just point blank. He won the MVP. We know that. So, you know, I'm, I think when you look at the big picture overall, the moves they made increases their range of outcomes, and I would say makes them a better team if used correctly. <laughs> um, I am not a fan of loading up all, of, all six of those players in the top two lines and then running half of a good team and half of a bad team. I think that talent has to be spread across three lines. And then I think what you're going to see is a fourth line that is used like most teams' fourth lines, which is just to go out, sort of kill the game for a couple minutes, skate back to the bench. Whereas in years past, the Sabres have used their quote-unquote fourth line as a matchup line. And that was a very good matchup line. But the bone structure of a good team is here. If if you ask me how confident am I that they're going to use it correctly, I would be crazy to be confident. (laughs) But I I think that – there's a way that they can get there. So on aggregate, I like the offseason. I think Kevin Adams, I think the best thing he did was he stepped in and the very first move he made was, I don't care what it's going to – I don't care what kind of term I have. I don't care what kind of age the player is. I have a chance to acquire a professional, good, legitimate second-line center. It's my biggest need. Everybody knows it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know. Right. So I like – I think that's definitely – the Taylor Hall move is obvious. Um, you do that if you have the chance. But I think the stall move is kind of the more interesting one. So let me just ask you as a follow-up then, if you want to you know, put your, mm-hmm. your GM hat on, if you were able to either do something differently or make a move that was not made from this past offseason, one thing, what would you pick? Well, I'm going to just, for the sake of this, say that the current financial – market in in the National Hockey League means that a wrist line and trade was not really feasible. I don't see many teams taking on five million over multiple years. Certainly not. Um, I mean, that's probably the move I would make 
would be Aristolainen for oh, pretty much anything <laughs> future <laughs> or future or present. Um, but if I'm excluding that just on the basis that realistically, I'm not sure how available that was this year. I think the obvious one is you don't sign Cody Eakin and you give his contract to Johan Larson. And now you've got probably the best center group that they've had in a real long time. Um, and I, I'm going to choose that because it's, I think it's pretty much um, not really controversial that that was available to them. And, you know, they elected not to do it. They have the reasons. I don't agree with them. So that's the move I would not have made. So and now, now moving you, I guess, from the, the GM role to the coach role, looking mm-hmm. at the slate of forwards they have, I think there's a lot of interesting ways they could deploy this. A lot of people have kind of thrown out the idea that Eichel can – be really good in drive play and score a bunch of goals, even strength with anyone, not just anyone, but he did it last year with Olofsson and whoever else was playing next to him. So he, it almost feels like, I kind of agree with the point that it's a waste to throw like three excellent, two excellent players on the wings with Eichel. Cause like he doesn't need them. And there's also still the thought out there that Sam could play center or where's Dylan Cousins going to fit in. So Mm-hmm. What do you? Th- how would you spread out the uh, the top flight forward talent? Yeah, I, I see. I think that the what they've allowed themselves now is they can spread the talent out, but still put an elite player with Eichel, and that's not an option that they had in the past. So mm-hmm. you could pick Jeff Skinner or Taylor Hall. I, you know, I think Skinner's a little better fit because I think Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel do a lot of the same things very well like some of the best in the league at it. Um, right. But I'm not going to complain if they're playing together. That You know, that's crazy. So pick one of those two to be Jack Eichel's left wing. Now, you can use a utility-type player in the right wing role. I have mentioned it in the past, and everybody likes to yell at me for it. But, you know, a player with the profile of Zemek Skjergensen's, which is just skate, keep up, forecheck, stay out of the way. <laughs> um, that, that can work. I don't know if specifically he, I mean, he'd be playing off wing there, so I don't know, but I'm looking to do something like that or even that, that then allows you to give Dylan Cousins some shifts at right wing on the first line from time to time. But if it's me, I'm playing one of Hall or Skinner with Eichel and a utility player at right wing, and then I'm playing the other of Skinner or Stahl or, um, excuse me, Skinner or Hall with Eric Stahl, and that's probably where I'm looking to start uh, Dylan Cousins. And then Cody Eakin, they signed him to be a center. It is what it is, so I'm going to put, put him at center. And that's where I think I would say Sam Reinhardt can play right wing and essentially take on the responsibilities of a center from right wing. Cody Eakin can take faceoffs, but you have Reinhardt there to cover for his defensive issues. And then you have a finisher like Olofsson playing on that left wing. And then you kind of scrap together a fourth line of Lazar, uh, Tage Thompson, Tobias Reader, whatever you like, and that's your low minutes unit. Um, I don't hate the idea of trying Thompson out on that top line um, or in that cousin spot either. I think they need to get creative with the right wing position. But basically, I'm playing a team that is splitting six forwards over nine positions, and I'm playing the top line the most. I'm playing the next two lines, basically like two second lines and I'm barely playing my fourth line. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, I think that's a really, you know, you make a couple of interesting points there. The first being, you know, I think people do need to get away from that idea of, of what the fourth line was last year, because having Larson, yeah. 
you know, was really a, a great asset that you, it gave them some flexibility to, to play those matchups, as we said. But with that being said, though, now, I mean, I, I'm fine with them going. I mean, they should go to a, a traditional fourth line setup if it means that you're mm-hmm. going to start to get, uh, you know, the second line and the third line more minutes because of the fact that you actually have serviceable players there, which you didn't have last year. Yeah, you don't want to hide them anymore. Right, you know, exactly. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's the story of the last two years is how much can we hide the second line? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so you, you do bring up the other great point I wanted to talk about was Tage Thompson, actually, because Taylor and I were talking about him actually earlier this afternoon. Um, and Tage is, a, is somebody that, you know, I, I think any Sabres fan would be foolish to say that they believe in, in any prospect at this point, um, <laughs> with the exception of a couple. But Tage is somebody that I do like his chances of actually being productive this year. Um, and in my opinion, I think that the goal that they should really try and set for them is to make that, you know, three year, $1.4 million contract look like a bargain because yeah, you know, right. given his current production to date that, you know, it probably was a little bit of an overpay and a little bit more term than you'd want to do. But with that being said, I don't think that they give him three years and and 1.4 if they were just, you know, planning on burying him. So, to me, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I, I kind of am hoping that their their game plan, not that you ever should, you know, I guess make your game plan, you know, this way, but they're going to try and get the most out of that contract and make that a steal because I do think that that's a very realistic possibility for what Tage's mm-hmm. ceiling could possibly be if put in the right situation. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that contract at all, actually. Same, I, yeah. I don't I don't ever mind giving a little bit of term to guys like that because the number, the AAV is so low that it's really not ever going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. It's never going to prevent you from making another move, uh, you know, at $1.4 million, And you, you buy in a little bit of a, a possibility of getting a value out of it. And he does not need to be much more than a complimentary – middle to bottom six player to be worth that contract. And if he gives you more then that's wonderful. I think the role for him this year is, you know, he, he's a long time off of playing hockey. He had a, a terrible luck last year. I thought he, he really like earned us a, a call up. And of course he's hurt like 10 minutes into his call up, which is unfortunate. So make sure he's healthy, see how he looks in camp. But the idea there should be, we're going to use him in one or two roles. Either he's going to be that complimentary player who can play up the lineup with some of our skilled talent and do some of the things that um, maybe he would be more, have been more able to do if he wasn't playing most of his minutes with Vlad Sabadka, <laughs> who <laughs> like that, like you're just never going to be in the offensive zone with that. With right. So, you know, and if he can't handle that, then he's a player that you can put on a low minutes fourth line. And maybe now he's using his size and skill to exploit, um, you know, some of those lower, easier matchups. So I like giving term to players like that when it makes sense. I thought it made a little bit of sense on him. I get why people were maybe a little bit surprised at the term, but there's not really much downside risk with it. And he's a player who um, I'm, I'm very interested in him this year. I'm not, I, I don't know what he's going to give them. Uh, it's hard to predict, but he's someone I'm, I'm really interested in maybe more so than, um, anyone outside of the new additions. Yeah, I, I think another uh, thing that's been kind of brought up in Sabres Twitter or hockey Twitter in general uh, this past couple weeks is that Casey Middlestack could be potentially on the market. 
Um, he has had two shots now, really, uh, in the NHL, and he's not impressed at all, especially for a top 10 pick. Uh, do you see any way he fits in this year, or are you trying to just get anything for him in a trade? What do you think? I, he's not even under contract right now, um, which is crazy because he, you know, when they brought him out of college the a couple of years ago to burn the first year of that ELC, what that means, that's good for the player on one hand. What it means is in this particular offseason, you're going to have no, you know, he has no, he's waiver exempt. So they can send him to Rochester without losing him to waivers. He doesn't have arbitration rights. He can't be offer sheeted, even if they were to exist. Um, so really, like your chance, you're you're looking at one of two things: either you've proven enough to negotiate some kind of extension, or you're going to take your qualifying offer. And he hasn't signed his qualifying offer yet. And I'm not an insider, but I cannot imagine that the team is really happy about that when he's done really nothing to earn any kind of a longer term extension. I mean, he's he's clearly a case of a guy that needs to take his qualifying offer, probably work his way back into the lineup from Rochester you know, earn his call up. I, I think the writing's on the wall, you know, teams typically don't invest that much more time or energy into a player who has stalled like him when they're not on the same page organizationally. Um, I look at Leah Sanderson, speaking of the Rangers who was traded mm-hmm. at the draft, kind of a same draft as Middlestat, a couple picks before similar issues with the organization. I just think that's where it's headed. and. I don't know. I don't have any knowledge of that, but I think he's more likely than not going to be off the roster before the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's a, he's such a weird guy to watch because obviously he has flashed as a talent. He wouldn't not have talent. I mean, he wouldn't have got drafted in the top 10 if he didn't have talent, right. but he would go, especially right before he got sent down last year, he went like, 10 plus games with four shots or something crazy like that. Like he Mm -hmm. he couldn't even take shots, which is like much less in like a 10 game goal drought for someone that you're, who is playing as many minutes as him would have been bad. But like Mm -hmm. 10 games with four shots is absurd. And then Mm -hmm. he goes to Rochester and it's like a former top 10 pick in his draft plus three year in the AHL. I kind of think it's gotta be a point of game, a point of game or more. Yeah. I expect him to dominate. Like I expect him to look like, I mean, Derek Grant was a point of game guy in the AHL. You got to look like Dylan Strom. You know, he was a star uh, yeah. prospect, but he was still killing it, you know, in the AHL. He just needed time. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't know who some, I, I, I attribute this to somebody else, but um, in, in talking about him with someone, they said he's like all the decorations on a cake, but none of the cake. Um, yeah. And I think that's really kind of his problem. He just does not have those foundational. And I think a lot of it is conditioning. I, I don't know, but it, you know, he wore, he wears down in shifts a lot. He just looks like he struggles when he skates. Yeah. Like, he just looks like the life is getting sucked out of him. Yeah, I think he's one of these players who maybe always was playing against uh, – at, at a talent level where he didn't have to put in as much time in his shift, you know, to get the puck back. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, never, he never has been an amazing shot generator. That was one of the things that people would point out when he was in college even. Um, but I don't – I think the concerning thing for me, I don't mind if a prospect takes time. I don't mind if they need time to develop, but you're not seeing any growth in his game. I think he was worse last year than he was two years ago. Uh, He started off the year pretty well last year, actually. But, you know, it's just he's on a a trend where you kind of look at it and say, do we as an organization want to keep investing in this player 
not even just in terms of coaching and time in Rochester, but do we have a, is he in our long-term plans? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if that answer is not definite, then you're probably better off even trading for someone else's similar prospect. You know, those are, I think those are fun trades to think about. Like, well, we're going to fix this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and in reality, yeah. like and those guys are out there too. There's yeah. a good amount of them. I mean, it's gone yeah. good and bad for the Sabres. Like, obviously the guy we took the year before in the top 10, Alex Nylander, they turned him into Henry Oki. Yeah. That's one of Bosch's yeah. better moves. Like he's a solid defenseman. But yeah. also, I mean, on the other hand, they turned Zach Cassian into Cody Hodgson, who like had to quit hockey because of having, right. like, I think, a degenerative like yeah. disease. Back, back, some his spine, spinal, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, I it, think it's that's usually how it works out. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think the organization just needs to be willing to say, if we make this trade, it's going to seem like it's going to be a loss. We know that, like he's not going to return what you'd expect a top 10 pick to return. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing I argued about trading wrist line in this year was you just got to suck up, suck it up and do it. You just got to say, we know that if we trade him, people are going to look at the return and say, that's it, but you got to do it. Like, you know, the time well, to wrist case, especially, I mean, that's almost a, a case of addition by subtraction. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially now when you have a player who you are investing a lot in as the, a, first overall pick in the draft who not only do you I mean you need to find out now if he can play those minutes because mm-hmm. he's got a, a contract that you're going to be looking at next year so I, I mean again I think that ship sailed for this year but I look at the middle stat situation as similar which is we just need to be willing to say look if he's not on our plans it's not going to look great I think Leah Sanderson went for a third round pick maybe lower I don't, maybe you can get a little more because he's playing in North America, but not under contract. So I don't know. You know, you just have to be willing to say if he's not in our plans, then we need to move on and we need to look at our future roster without him. Kevin, what would you say you're most concerned about uh, for the Sabres for the upcoming season? I mean, to, to me and Taylor and I have talked about this at length. And honestly, Kevin, we probably talked to you about it when you were on last year. Uh, goaltending is – I think glaring them right in the face right now that they went in off season without really addressing that in any way, especially when you consider just, you know, what Carter Hutton was last year. And by that, I mean blind. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm just curious, you know, do you think that goaltending is really, you know, their biggest issue right now or, or the, what has the potential to be the biggest Achilles heel? Or do you think it's, Ristolainen getting minutes that Darlene should be getting. Do you think it's forward depth? I mean, where, where are you at on that? I, I don't think – I'm not. I'm certainly not optimistic about their goaltending, but I just kind of have a general rule about goaltending that um, it, I don't really never know. So it could be their biggest problem, and it also could not be. <laughs> uh, I think, again, like their path to having good goaltending for me is all about Allmark this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Hutton is sort of like, yeah, if you can get nine, t- 10 out of him or nine, eight out of him, that'd be helpful. But really they're going to get, if they get good goaltending this year, it's because of all Mark, you know, so I, I don't, I would have liked to see them at a goalie, but I don't, I didn't love a ton of the options. I, I think the, the Arizona guys were probably going to be pretty costly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not really a huge fan of some of the other names out there, but I think that could certainly be their biggest problem. Um, I wouldn't know to predict it or not. You know, for me, looking at it right now, very clearly for me, their biggest problem is who is going to play 
how many minutes is who going to play on the blue line? If, yeah. And it's not just, that's not just a Ristolainen thing. You know, there's a couple of things there. There's a huge landmine of the Ristolainen and Montour pair, which, I, you know, I've, I've talked about this before other places. You know, the underlying numbers are just brutal, brutally bad. And they got really good goaltending and shooting when they were on the ice. And, you know, that, that doesn't tend to stick around. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, you got to my, – my biggest concern with them, frankly, just is that that's going to be their top pair this year. I don't think that they can overcome that. Um, I don't think that there's, there should be – and another thing Tanner and I were even talking about this afternoon is that there is zero excuse for Rasmus Dahlin to be playing anything less than – or, like, he should be playing at a minimum 23 minutes a night. He, he has to. You've got to find out. You've got to know if, he's, if he can do it. Yeah. Right. And, he's, and he needs to, he needs to be, you know, they can spread out the forward talent better, but he needs to be playing those minutes with a mix of lines, which includes time with Eichel and, and time with some of the lower lines. But if they're going to go into the year and they're going to do, that's their top pair and Ristolani gets 23 minutes. You know, it's just, there's a ceiling on how good you can be mm-hmm. uh, in those minutes, frankly. So yeah. that's my biggest concern outside of like <laughs> the, the big overarching concern with all this that we're talking about, which is like what teams are going to get hammered the most by COVID. I don't know. You know? <laughs> like, I don't mean to laugh, but it's kind of like, that's kind of a huge factor in the season that nobody can really account for. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be uh, extremely strange because when the NHL and NBA and MLB all came back at the same time, the NHL and, the NHL and NBA obviously did their bubbles, went very well, no cases. The MLB season did not go nearly as well, but, they had the luck of playing in the summer when things were kind of more mm-hmm. tame. Uh, and then things have kind of like the NFL came back and that's been, I don't, I don't know how to describe that. They pretend it's not a problem. It's been not great. College football has had a ton of games canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally had to change the rules to get Ohio state into the big 10 championship. And now mm-hmm. college basketball, the cancellations mm-hmm. are insane. And it, and obviously that it's not a coincidence. Cases are going up like crazy. And when the season yeah. starts, we're going to be like right in the teeth of this. And there's a good chance by the time the season ends, there could be have, you know, most people in America and Canada be vaccinated. So I feel like this is might even be stranger than last season. Oh yeah, I do too. And I think, you know, one of the issues I think with college football is you by nature on on your off days, those, those players are living in, um, you know, crowded dorm situations, the type of living situations that professional athletes aren't if they're diligent. But um, you know, the other concern is, a lot of these hockey rinks and, and practice facilities have the kind of, you know, air ventilation where it's almost, you know, I think there's some concern in Canada. There's some studies being done that specifically hockey rinks are a big, um, they're finding that there's a lot of spreading happening in those because of the issue of recycled air and yeah. the fact that you're breathing heavily. So, you know, it's going to come down. To, I think it's going to look like the football season, if I had to guess. Um, and the question is going to be like, does the NHL decide that it wants to do the thing that the NFL has done, which is kind of pretend it's not a problem, you know, or do they not want to do that? I don't know, but it's certainly going to affect teams in a substantial way. And that's not something that, uh, that it's not something that anyone can really predict except to say it's going to happen, but you don't know to who or how or what the reaction is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll be strange. Uh, I, I hope the NHL is more responsible than the NFL has been, obviously. Mm. Um, with <laughs> Gary Batman, Roger Goodell. Yeah, who, who seriously. Pick your poison. Like, I yeah, hope like, there's not situations like the Des Bryant situation 
right the Justin Turner situation in baseball but I, I guess we'll see I mean it's really tough basketball and hockey like for example high school sports in New York State no one's playing basketball and hockey right now right in actual right. high school like because they're they're high risk sports I mean it's a sport with risk of a lot of sp- spread hockey locker rooms both in both cases locker rooms are small so it should right. be a, a fascinating uh season ahead I yeah. think they should Probably wrap Jack Eichel up in bubble tape. <laughs> I, would I know it's like in the, as the Sabers fan specifically, every like one of the main you know uh, like the main things that you remember as a Sabers fan growing up is that they pretty much lost an Eastern Conference final because of uh, an infectious disease in the locker room. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like it's just, oh my God. It's just yeah, like that's the thing. They're going to be good, and then that's going to happen. But you know, I I don't know. Um, I think that as far as like a comparison team wise, um, that is one place that I think the Bills have done a pretty good job at getting a handle on um, as far as at the team level. So I don't, the Sabres definitely don't really have that level of competence, but hopefully there's some sort of communication happening. You know, I mean that between the two organizations to say, hey, what are you guys doing to sort of, you know, keep this from becoming an issue? Because when you look at the NFL broadly, the Bills have handled it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. What do you got for a prediction for Sunday night? Um, I've been saying, well, I've been considering a reverse jinx on it. So, <laughs> nice. um, I, cause I really would like them to win quite badly. I think they'll win though. I think it'd be a close game, but I think they'll win. All right. I decided to be a norm. I decided to just be a normie, but like football fan this year. And it's been awesome. <laughs> Isn't it awesome. funny I that we just... actually can do that though now? Like, yeah. I was, oh, yeah. like all week that it's a really weird thing to allow myself to be comfortable with the fact that a, a, a like the bills are good. I don't yeah, know. It, it's, it's just so weird. weird. It's super well, it's weird. Specific, it's a specific way they're good. It's like, it's, it's all True. these things that, that seven years ago I would have told you never would have happened. With the bills. Right. <laughs> they think they're never going to be the fourth down team, you know, prolific passing. Yeah. yeah. Going for it on fourth down and capitalizing. Oh, yeah. Well, if I told you that in 2017, that this would happen under Sean McDermott. I think right. Yes. Yes. Oh, shit. If you told me that last year, I would have been still shocked. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Wasn't he, what did he say? Didn't he have a press conference where he said, uh, culture trumps uh was it strategy or oh yeah he said it a, he literally i remember so vividly kevin he said that on an interview with wgr for his weekly oh, okay. segment that he did and i was in my car driving home from work <laughs> and i literally screamed fuck at the top of my lungs like, <laughs> yeah that's one of those like like oh boy here we go but yeah and i i mean that's probably i don't know what's happened there if, it, if he just I think he just is listening to the right people and I continue to want to find out who those people are and kidnap them and drive them downtown. Seriously. (laughs) I don't know if you actually saw the clip too of Alan from, I think it was two weeks ago when he had the rushing touchdown and he got the uh, celebration penalty and McDermott like said to him, he's like, I like the swagger though. Like I would never in my life have guessed that McDermott would be the guy that he's become this year. I thought thought the, the neatest thing about that was the, you know, the the clip sets it up where the official says it, and you're like, oh, he's going to go over and yell at him. And he goes over to him, and he does it. Like, it's the perfect thing to do, which is, hey, just don't get another one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Like, right. like, I do, like, that is what you do have to tell him that, you know, but, which, that, you know, it was a terrible flag, and I think he knew it. So maybe in another situation, he wouldn't react that way. But that was right. very, very nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I think that's just, I was just going to add, like, I think that's in reality, that is what you want out of a coach, no matter what the sport is. 
that if you have a guy that comes in and sure, maybe they have their preconceived notions or from their history or their experience of how they think that the game should be played or how they want the team to operate. But when you have somebody that can, I mean, the best way of putting it is that he, he changed with the game, you know? Yeah, Yeah, he did. Game changed. He changed. And granted when he showed up to Buffalo, I think the game was kind of already at that point, but it's, it's been amazing to see just the, They've the caught up and, and, and gone past it even. I mean, yeah. they're not going for every fourth down, but they're one of the better teams in the league at it. And, I mean, it's the type of thing that um, you want you want to see from your hockey team too. But I don't. I think there has to be a level of trust from the coach with the player. And, um, you know, that's something that I – another thing, obviously, everybody likes the Hall signing. But, you know, I don't, I don't have any concern that Ralph Kruger is not going to trust Taylor Hall, you know. Um, and so I think that offers maybe – as a comparison, like what's one way that you can kind of get a coach to loosen up? Well, you got to get the coach to feel more comfortable with the players. And that's one way to potentially do it um, is when the coach already knows the player. Now you, I'd like that to be more proactive. <laughs> like how about like trying to figure out what Darlene and Skinner do well, instead of sort of shackling them towards what you like, but right. I don't know. I, McDermott's transformation in that way certainly gives me a level of hope that I don't think I would have had otherwise. So, yeah, I honestly, I, I would have guessed at some point in 2018 or 19 that they could put a competent enough offense around Allen that they could be good. Cause initially when he got drafted, I was so pessimistic. I thought like, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to flame out the way Josh Rosen has. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I saw him, especially last year in the second half of last year, I was like, well, they could do something right. He's going to have really good receivers, especially if they trade for digs. Like they could put something together. But the way he's, like, gotten better mm. this year has been so it's weird crazy. that I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I'm in a coma and none of this shit is real. <laughs> like, like yeah. I, and I still don't understand it. Like, looking at his college numbers and even looking at how he played in college, like, mm. I, I desperately want to, like, give, like, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott truth serum and be like, what did you actually see in this guy? Yeah, I, I was dead yeah. wrong about him. I mean, I just was. It doesn't even – he doesn't – you know, he doesn't even need to really – he could retire tomorrow I'd be wrong about him so I think the thing I missed with him and it's I try to think about this and looking at every other you know prospect in any sport is I think if you if you if I had to guess what they saw obviously the raw tools were there but they probably saw that this is a guy who is going to accept coaching like we're going to tell him everything you're doing is wrong and he's not going to fight us on it yeah um because I think that's what I think that's the the number one thing I will credit Alan for first and foremost is he's he is an, an unbelievably gifted athlete the guy the guy could play any sport well I'm sure and I think he was told for two years you're doing it wrong we're gonna do it this way your way is wrong and he he just totally embraced that and it's that's terrific that's uh, that's probably the trait that they would tell you that they were most you know interested in. I think the thing that's interesting, that's a a really great point, Kevin, and it's even getting me thinking now, like it it really is that combination because, you know, uh, there's plenty of other guys that can come to mind where they maybe, like you said, they're a freak athlete or they just have Mm. unthinkable raw abilities. But the the thing is, though, is that you do need a person, like a guy who's going to put his pride to the side and embrace the change that he needs to make, you know, and I think that – maybe this is like the most like overblown example of that, but like Jamarcus Russell, I think about where he had like incredible arm talent. He was a great Mm -hmm. athlete, um, but he just didn't fix the things that he needed to fix for him to be an effective quarterback. And Allen's footwork and his hip positioning. I mean, it's, 
every single thing that him coming out of college, people said that he needed to work on, he did work on. And I, I, mm-hmm. I think most Bills fans who I know, myself, of course, included, it would be an incredible treasure trove of tweets to go back through uh, oh, yeah. from a few yeah. years ago to see just like at the time, because I was totally on the Rosen train too. And I have yeah. never been more happy to be so completely <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's funny. Jamar, Jamar Russell is like the best example because not only did he not get better and not only did he get worse, like he gained 100 yeah. pounds and got <laughs> addicted to drugs. That's like, yeah. I think that's got to, that mean like Ryan Leaf maybe is actually the worst example ever. But, like, because people are arguing he should go over Peyton Manning. But, like, I think that might be the worst anyone's ever handled getting drafted high in any sport. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I can't imagine anyone handle I Those are, like, two of the worst things you could do, honestly, as a professional athlete. Right. And I think that, like, your surrounding situation is a huge thing. And there, it's – Oh, yeah. Josh Allen, Josh Allen could have been coached, you know, by any number of coaches that have been in Buffalo the past 20 years, and he would have been not in the same situation he is now in terms of – you know, being able to accept that coaching and then being surrounded with a lot of great talent. Um, I think the guy, like the comparison in Buffalo is JP Lossman, who is kind of like a pretty similar athlete um, in a lot of ways, but just never, wow, <laughs> you know, never really like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound like it's like he would, he wouldn't accept coaching. I don't know. I wasn't there, but you know, there was no sort of, major change in the in the what you're seeing when you watch him he's sort of the same player he was day one he was you know. who he was yeah yeah oh, but you know, like the, the peak thing with jp is after he lost his job uh mm-hmm. backing up trent in 08 he they obviously went to arizona that famous game trent gets knocked out and like one of the first plays jp throws an 80 yard bomb to Leon. oh i remember yeah i remember and they didn't do shit the, the rest of the game and yeah. after the game, he was like, yeah, I don't really know the playbook that much this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, of course yeah. you don't. Those are like the dumbest years of my life, like arguing with people over whether J.P. Lossman or Trent Edwards was better. Just like, think, like saying that out loud now, just it's like, oh, my God. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. Literal like, hell. It's, it's like yeah. it's, it's the hell world version of Flutie and Johnson, which was already a bad argument of two not yeah. good quarterbacks. But, yeah. like, I think in the end, like, you come out, since they both sucked and they were always going to suck anyway as an organization, like, you come out looking better as a JP guy because JP was really cool. He threw the <laughs> deep ball. He did whatever yeah. he wanted. Uh, and Trent Edwards was not only, like, got the worst, like, pejorative nicknames like Trent of Edwards and Captain Checkdown. He had, like, above a league average interception rate. His interception yeah. was as bad as JP's. Mm-hmm. Terrible. How's that possible? Like, just really one of the worst two-year experiences of, of, of anyone's life <laughs> watching. I mean, uh, will, willingly attending those games and paying money for them. I don't, it just was a different, it's a different time. It's like arguing over what, you know, fourth liner is better. <laughs> I, I know. Like, honestly, like I think every, um, at anyone who's not a Bills fan or is younger would be surprised that a lot of Bills fans have positive memories of 2010. Yes, I agree. It's like you don't understand. They yeah. were so boring before that. Mm-hmm. Got the bar very low. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. me and my friends were just talking about this today. The the game that got Trent Edwards cut week two against uh, the Packers. Packers. Yeah, he he's two well two things. The first one is at the end of the game they're getting killed. It's like fourth and long, and he ran out of bounds for no gain. He just loved doing that. He, oh, <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> it was one of his things. That was his thing. He never ran on first or second down because he sucked at it, but he's like, mm, I got it yeah. this time. And then the other yeah. one is he dropped back 22 times for 62 net yards. 
<laughs> and, oh my god. Yeah, that, and it was like, oh, Bill Walsh likes him. That was always the thing. Bill Walsh, <laughs> he, he, re- he recommended him. Yeah, to uh, like Mar, to like, yep. like Ralph Wilson, who, you know, like Ralph Wilson, like he doesn't even know like what floor of his house he's on, and he's like, yeah, Bill, <laughs> Bill Walsh told me this guy's gonna be good. Like, oh, oh my god, man, we deserve this year. Yeah. We really deserve right. twenty twenty Bills more than that's right. Yeah, seriously. Oh man, <laughs> Taylor, do you have a do you have a, a quiz for us? Yeah, today, so it's or? a game that uh, you guys can do one on one. Now this is like a relatively simple concept. Um, I actually, I someone else did this quiz on YouTube, and I kind of took it by myself, and I was surprised that I uh, at a couple of these, and I thought a couple of them were harder choices than you might think initially. Uh, so it's the game is uh, the every uh, leading scorer all time for every NHL team, all thirty one teams. Um, and the active one? No, all time. All time. Okay, all time. Which sorry. I think is in some cases harder than you might think. But the catch is so. What I'll do is I'll go. Whoever goes first, I I say the team. You say the guy. Uh, and then if you're right, I'll ask you to guess the point total. And if you get within fifty points, you get this, you get two points. Obviously, if you get just the first one, you get one. And if you miss who the person is. The next person gets a chance to steal on your turn. So we're just going to alternate, essentially. Yeah. So it's okay. it's yeah. So it's basically it's about like knowing who this is and making the right guess, but also like actually, not you know having some basis of points, or so it's not just it makes it less likely that there's a tie. Also, one of the reasons I should say one of the reasons I was thinking about this is we were talking about the last week the the, the tweet Mike Shope did where he asked about the Sabres jersey number zero to nineteen versus twenty mm-hmm. to ninety nine. And I was like, kind of looking at how far ahead uh, the Sabres' leading scorer, who I'm not going to say is, but that's going to be a layout for whoever gets it. Either <laughs> way, but the Sabres have like four guys ever that have had 700 points, even though they have been around for 50 years. So it kind of got me thinking about other things, what that might be like, and what that might look like. So, Kevin, since you're the guest, uh, you can go first. Um, so going in alphabetical order. So the first team is Anaheim. Okay, so I have to guess who Anaheim's all-time lead scorer is. Uh, it's going to be Solani? That's correct. Now, can you guess the number of points within 50? Oof, uh, 850. No, surprisingly, he had 988 for them. Okay, all right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, considering he, he left for a big portion of his career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brendan, uh, you have Arizona. Slash Phoenix slash Winnipeg. Oh, that's the other thing. It's franchise leading score. So oh Christ. Okay. Anyone. Ooh. Um. Is it Shane Doan? It is. Okay. Point total. Um. I'm gonna go with nine sixty. Oh, okay. You got it. Yeah, it's nine seventy two. Hey. All right. Yeah, I was gonna say nine seventy five originally. <laughs> all right. Uh. Okay. Kevin, we you have Boston. Okay, um, so these original six teams, I got to stop and think because I always just want to jump on like someone who um, is there. Is Neely no Ray Bork? That's correct. Can you guess the the points? Eleven hundred. No, he had more than that. Oh well. It's uh fifteen hundred and six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty good. This guy. Okay, uh, so I guess this is an easy one, but. Brendan, can you name Buffalo's all-time leading scorer? That would be <laughs> Gilbert Perot. That's right. 
Can you name the points? I want to say you said I get it if I'm within 50. Yeah. I'm going back before back and forth between 11 and 1200. So I'm going to go 1150. Ah, uh, it's 1326 actually. Son of a Oh, wait, are you I just are you sure that um Mikhail Grigorenko doesn't have more? <laughs> on that i just want to double check the math well i was actually thinking merrick zagerpan <laughs> first but you're right yeah. actually greg yeah. off the there. missing piece the missing piece <laughs> oh man oh man um all right kevin uh calgary um Jerome McGinley. that's correct can you guess okay. the points mm, i'm so bad with this i just know uh 950. Uh, 1195 or 1095. Everybody has more than I think. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was good for like forever. He, he was, was awesome. Like yeah. 35. He was so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brendan, can you name Carolina slash Hartford? <sighs> oh, God. Um, ooh, this is a tough one. Carolina slash Hartford. I don't. I don't think it would be somebody from is it eric stall no uh no. kevin do you want to steal no. i was gonna try to steal with eric stall uh uh did it do Moore? no actually both wrong it was wrong Wait, no he didn't Come play, he didn't play no. long enough yeah, would... ron francis it's ron francis isn't it I, yeah 11 75 really i was gonna say him but then i was like i don't think that he would have yeah. been there long enough it doesn't feel like he was there that long yeah, yeah i would have thought because of like the years in pittsburgh too and i i, I would because well, right. yeah. he played for hartford and then carolina right so like he played, for Hartford, right. he played for Hartford in the eighties. So points wise, right. rack up. So like he's he's like, I think like fourth or fifth all time in points. Yeah, the eighties. I mean, you have like like Zemgus Gergensen's would be like an eighty point guy in the eighties. Oh 80s. yeah, yeah. So it's just not even fair. <laughs> we were actually we were just talking about this uh, a couple weeks ago because it, it was I, I had come across on Twitter the classic analogy of some like older person being like, oh, today's players could never oh, yeah. keep up with the guys back in the day. They'd punch each other in the face, and I was like, Trent Edwards would literally look like early two thousands Mike Vick if he played like oh, yeah. days. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I'm not gonna get, I, I'm not gonna pretend that someone who was like a part time mechanic would, you know. <laughs> That's a Taylor. Like, like, <laughs> like uh, uh, some rock, uh, some rockabilly guy would have won one NFL MVP. This uh, give me a break. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like. I never had faith in Nathan Peterman, but the second I saw him coming onto <laughs> the flight to San Diego or Los Angeles with uh, a bag of Popeyes, I was like, mm. <laughs> "Sorry, but that's that's more of a me move. That's more of a, a guy who works in communication, not really a professional athlete kind of move." Yeah. Oh, oh that's great. So, Kevin, uh, can you name Chicago's all-time leading scorer? Um, is it Bobby Hall? No, Brendan, you want to steal. Is it Stan Makita? It is. Can you guess the, the points? Mm, 12.50. No, 14.67. Good Lord. Yeah. Wow. 
statue. Okay. Well, I yeah. got the, at least I got the name right. Well, I hated to even have to. I hated to even have to like pick Bobby Hall. No, I, for those listening at home, we edited out the part where Kevin said one of the best humans and also yeah. a pretty good hockey yeah. player, Bobby Hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Colorado. Colorado, um, Joe Sackick. That's correct. Uh, boy, what the heck? Um, let's let's go something. I'll go twelve twenty-five. Ooh, sixteen forty-one. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> he gets the well. Did he ever play in Quebec? I guess he would have. He did. A couple years. He did, yeah. Yeah, he uh, – holy shit. We, I think – were we talking about this? In the, yeah, we were talking about this in the last pod, mm-hmm. actually. I, his career – like, late career numbers are unbelievable. I yeah. think he had, like, 50 goals when he was, like, in his late 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, Kevin, uh, Columbus. Oh, God. Uh, Rick Nash. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Both of those answers are correct. Uh, can, you guess, uh, can you guess his point total in Columbus? Oh, it's not going to be very much. Um. 500? You just get in the range, yes. 547. Hey. Nice. So, there you go. Uh, okay. There we go. Is that, I think that's the first time someone's gotten... No, you yeah, think I, I definitely... I haven't gotten any. I know that. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, Brendan. Okay. Who we got? Dallas. Dallas, this should be pretty... This slash, slash Minnesota, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah, this... Sh- mm-hmm. Mike Madonna. That's correct. Can you guess the point total? Mm, let's go 1375. Oh, you got it. It's 1359. Let's go. All right. Oh. We're picking up here. All right. Okay. Uh, now, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Detroit. Oh, that was easy. Cordy Howe. Okay, that's that's good. I'm, I'm glad you got that. I got this wrong when I was playing by myself because I guessed, it will- I guessed Iserman. Oh yeah, that's true. Which is kind I of think, I think I I think I had read like that Gordy Howe has the most points for any franchise ever. Single franchise. Yes. Actually I should guess you I don't know if that's true. <laughs> um yeah, looking now, it is true. <laughs> um, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, uh can you guess the, the total? Oh seventeen hundred. No, seventeen fifty. Oh, close. It's eighteen oh nine. See, I'm oh, saying I'm adding fifty there. Kevin. Come on. Nine, nine. See those nine points. You probably there's just a, the score was drunk and accidentally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely possible. I mean, it was actually it's the actually seems likely. Yeah, they would put down just a, a glass of scotch in front of the scores thing back then. There was no red light. No, yeah, <laughs> right. All my notebook. Just, just do whatever you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, funny thing though that you mentioned that. So the second all time for one franchise is Steve Eiserman. Is it okay? Maybe no, that's the context uh, that I read that in. But but it's weird because like Gordy Howe was the all time uh, point leader, and I think he's either he's fourth now because he's behind Messier, Yager, and Gretzky. But like I in like in all time points, that is mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, I immediately thought I feel like most people if there was reverse because I guess Yagerman easily could have passed him if he played another year. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, was, I, was I just knew that. I just knew that because I read. <laughs> yeah, I would read it was the most. <laughs> But yeah, that no, that that makes sense. Uh, so, all right, Brendan, who we got? Edmonton. <laughs> oh, oh boy! So this is just for just Edmonton. Got, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta be Gretzky. It is Gretzky, and okay. it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just all of his stats are just 
that's I, I took yeah I took Whatever a second and was fun. like Messier maybe was there like longer so maybe no. he caught up but like then I'm it's not even remotely pot okay um, how many points did he have in his nine seasons in Edmonton. Ooh, nine seasons. Ah, uh, that's no. That's good like hint. A hint. That is a hint, actually, but probably won't matter. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's go in his nine seasons because he was putting up. He put up numbers still with LA. So I'm gonna say nine seasons. Let's go on the higher side and say like sixteen hundred. Oh, just missed. It's sixteen sixty nine. Oh my god! Yeah, it's crazy. All right, we're even now, Kevin. Yep. <laughs> With that, uh, just missing the mark. Mm-hmm. Right. We got a similar similar franchise history here uh, for you, Kevin. The Florida mm-hmm. Panthers. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, I'm wondering if it's actually is either is it Beret or. Is that Ole Jokin? I'll go Ole Jokin in. Oh man, that is a that's a great guess, but it's it's not. Brendan, <laughs> it's funny because I didn't initially think of Ole Jokin, but what initially came to mind was Pavel Bure. But again, I'm wondering if he was there long enough. I just to... don't know if he was there long enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if it's not one of those two, it's got to be one of the, like the. Uh, more modern players. That's what I was gonna. That's kind of what I'm between. Is if it's either him. I don't even know know who that could be. <laughs> they don't ever have any players for that long. No, they really don't. Um, I mean, it could be Mark Pizik. You're right. <laughs> you're right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking more on the Ed Jovanowski. Yeah. Um, that- <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with. Uh, it was the first thing that came to mind, and I don't think it's right, but I will say Pavel Bure. No, uh, mm. actually, uh, Kevin, the reason I said you were close is because that was the case until earlier this year. Was, is it Barkov? So is it Huberdo? It's Huberdo. Uh, yeah, is, he's, which, yeah, that's crazy. Panthers, because Barkov's Damn. at least, like, good. <laughs> like, yeah, be, that's crazy. Barkov could also pass Huberdo this upcoming season. Who knows? Um, right. I mean, Huberdo's good, too, but, like, he's not, like, a franchise all-time great. Good. Right. Right. Well, it's like. Ole Jokinen was their all-time franchise leader until this year, like twenty-seven wow. years into their franchise. That's a great that's guess, Kevin. That's a that's and a he's he wasn't even like that amazing. I just figured. No. I mean, he played in that post-lockout era there. That's why I thought maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So Huberto is is at four hundred fifty-seven points. Mm. And Kevin, we actually brought this up on last week's pod. I it's just something I came across that Florida has only had ten guys score a hundred goals for them. Oof, man. <laughs> well, thankfully we grew for a competent team with no funny stats like that. Yeah, so. exactly. It's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, really, it's, uh, at least we cheer for a team that scored in one of its decades. Years. <laughs> yeah, we were good one time. <laughs> uh, um, so, all right, now moving to Brendan, uh, L.A. L.A. Ooh. I mean, it's got to the obvious go-to answer has got to be Gretzky, but I'm also wondering if like Luke Robitaille might sneak up there for just like from tenure purposes. Cause I'm trying to think Gretzky, that trade happened. He was only there. I think for, I'm going to go Luke Robitaille actually. Is it? No. Uh, I'm going to steal. I'm going to get this Marcel Dion, right? Oh, 
Yes. Oh, wow. I completely He's one of those guys that has way more points than you'd think. Yeah. Yep. I, I, he, I completely, completely forgot about that. How, yeah. many, how many points do you think? Oh, I, I know he's a lot. Like 1,400. Oh, close. It's a 1,307. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I honestly, that's one of the tougher ones too, because obviously Robitaille comes to mind, but he left. Yeah, yeah. Detroit, and I think somewhere else. Yeah, too. but that was pretty. He's got to be close, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's second. It's a close second. Okay. Gretzky played there for I think like he's only there like six, six or seven six years. Six or seven. But he has. He's. He is. He's got to be top way five, up there. right? I think he's either <laughs> just recently got passed by Kopitar. Like uh, it's closer than you would think, considering Kopitar's been there forever. Forever. Gretzky still had a Dustin <laughs> Braun, if you can believe it. Wow. Shocking. <laughs> um. All right, Kevin. Uh, Minnesota. Just so this is like. wild only, right? Yeah. Oh boy. Um. Marion Gabrick. No. Mm. Oh, I know who it is. Gosh. Wow, I was I was about to say Marion Gabrick. No. It's, uh, I... Oh wait, is it? Is it Miku Koivu? Yeah, it is. is. There we go. Can I guess how many points he has? Mm, let's say seven seventy-five. Oh, really close to uh, getting in the range. Seven oh nine. Ah. All right. Well, I think I'll take I mean, the, the correct answer. That that one is a. Uh, that's also a sneaky, really bad. Yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, they don't. They don't score. They play like a all two to one games. So. Mm-hmm. They're they're like the Chicago Bears of the NHL, just that, that yeah. their whole thing works better. That that whole thing works better in the NHL than it does in the NFL. Yep, basically. Uh, all right, Brendan, uh, Montreal. Oh, this has got to be one of the older guys. Just um, say a French name; it'll be right. That's how I was gonna. <laughs> Sacre bleu. Uh, Rocket Richard. No, Kevin, you want to steal? Uh, it's either Guy Lafour or Jean Beliveau. That was my. Um, that was the other ones. Yeah. Uh, Jean Beliveau. No, both wrong. Oh, come on. Really? It's, it's Guy Lafleur. Oh, I was kind of. Yeah, surprised. that's who I was. That, was that's who I was picking between. The eighties. Yeah. Yeah. True. He was my number two. Yeah, twelve forty-six. That's kind of low for the Canadians, but they won a lot of their cups when there were seventy games and every game. Right. Was- what did, how many did Bell, uh, Bellevue have? He was right behind him. He's, I believe he's he okay. in the 1100s or 1200s. He's second. Okay. Uh, Rocky Richard doesn't have 1,000 points, which is wow. kind of surprising. Didn't have a lot of assists. I want to see who their top five is. Yeah, Saku Koivu, I think, is 10th for them. So. Saku Koivu, wow. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Another, another Koivu. Points. Uh... Wow, he's number nine, actually. Or no, that's assist. Wait, where are we here for points? Uh, Richard is fourth, yeah. Mm. Yep, he was number four. Henry Richard is number three, wow. as a matter of fact. And then, yeah, a lot, just of, lot of uh, French-Canadian names here. Well, <laughs> yeah. Bernie Joffre. Wow. Yeah, so. The names. Anyway. Uh, Kevin, Nashville. Um... Another fun, super this high tempo sneaky team. tough. Yeah, this got to be a low one too, right? Who's been? There? I'm trying to think who's been there a while. Who was? Actually, I might go off. Is it Roman Yossi? No. Okay. Good guess, but 
Brandon? I just can't even think of another obvious. Is it Shea Weber? No. Damn it. I like the, the, one I was, the one I was, I was going to guess that, like, uh, who's the guy that he got traded, or um, the Sabres traded for him? Was it Legwand? He was, like, their first pick. Yeah, because he was, I think he was their first ever pick. Yeah. He had 566 points. He was a top three pick, wasn't he? <laughs> he had 500 points in 37 years. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, I think he played one year in Ottawa, one year for us, and that was, that mm-hmm. was it. He was a big um, – some, some fan stats people that loved a lot of Sabres fans on Twitter um, where it was like, hey, Leguan, he's not bad in the defensive zone. You know, he can kind of hold his own. Yeah. He's not bad possession, fourth-liner guy, and he skates like he's got two broken legs. He can't move. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> two broken legs. So, all right, uh, Brendan, yeah. your turn. The New Jersey Devils. Jersey. Um, and I guess I should say also the Colorado Rockies and Kansas City Scouts. Of course. Yeah, it's <laughs> got to be a scout for sure. Uh, no, I'm going to go with mm, – I feel good about my choice, but I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. But I'm going to go Patrick Eliash. That's correct. Nice. Can you guess the points? Uh, he's got to be – I'm going to go 1,100. Uh, again, pretty close. It's 1025. I was going to say 1050 mm. right before, oh. and I switched. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Kevin, uh, New York Islanders. Um, boom, 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 boom. Which one of them is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's Cal Clutterbuck, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just because I know Bossy's career got cut. Chicago Brian Trottier. That's correct. Nice. Can you guess? All that? right, nice. Hmm. Twelve hundred. Uh, thirteen fifty three. See, I gotta give it the eighties bump. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. The eighties yeah. bump. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of a double entendre. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually what fueled that dynasty. Nice. <laughs> nice. Sorry, you got a cameo here. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, Brendan. Uh, then the uh, crosstown rivals, the uh, the New York Rangers. All right. Um, hmm. This is another one where I'm just like trying to think about tenure and who would be there long enough to accumulate this. Um, I'm gonna go with. Oh, man, I got to be blanking on other older guys, but I'm going to go Messier. Is he? No. Kevin, you want to steal that one? I've been literally sitting here trying to think of who it could even be. I have. They are in – well, there's another team that's like this. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Is it it? Brian Leach? No, that's an excellent guess. Oh, come on. Good guess. So this is the hardest one on here, in my opinion. It's Rod (laughs) Gilbert. I – barely know who that is i have no shame in getting that wrong yeah he's an original six mm. guy but from like the 60s not from like the fun era the original six uh he had a thousand and twenty one mm. points oh wow. probably should know who he is yeah he, well he i don't i don't know if you should though because the rangers are kind of bad and also right. he had the the weird thing that i i see a lot of guys is like guys who were in their 20s and the 60s when hockey was like a brawl and it was 70 games and no one used a curved stick to the seventies when expansion happened. And then 
like in their late thirties, they'll have their best seasons. Like it's almost right, right. to the eighties, mm. like scoring started to be allowed, things like that. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. the, the Rangers are a team that has, even though they've been good a lot of the time, they never draft their good players. All their, yeah. their best players yeah. are guys they signed. That's, no, that's why they want Eiko. <laughs> True. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and they can't a, have him. Yeah, there, there's another <laughs> franchise that's had a ton of legends, but isn't great on this front or isn't an easy answer on this front that we'll get to. Uh, but anyway, uh, Brendan, it's your turn now, I think, to start. Or no, because I got that because I went Messier and then Kevin oh, that's right. Leech. Yep. All right, Kevin, uh, Ottawa. Um, do Daniel Alfredson. That's correct. That's one of the easier ones. Okay. Uh, point total. Um, uh, one thousand. Uh, it's it's eleven hundred eight. Okay. Uh, yes. I choose not to to think about him. <laughs> that's that's fair. It's also higher than the <clears throat> New York Rangers, who have been around for a hundred and fifty. Yeah, really. Um. Wow. Anyway, uh, so Brendan, Philadelphia mm. or Fa? Some people Fa. Yeah. <laughs> um, Antifa. Ooh, maybe that was <laughs> gritty. Wow, mm. gritty is Antifa. He's at it again. <laughs> wow. What a development. Gritty's, gritty's oh, cooler than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Tony oh. D'Angelo is going to actually unironically post that. I know, literally, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody check on him. You guys uh, hear this? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking the questions. Here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> Gritty, care to come on the podcast to discuss? Um <laughs> All right, I'm going to go longevity pick here. Is it Bobby Clark? It is. Can you guess the points? Uh, 1,400. Uh, 1,210. Damn. Yeah. Overshot it. Yeah. Mm. All right, uh, Kevin, Pittsburgh. Um, uh, I think it's still Mario Lemieux by a lot. <laughs> it is correct. It's Mario Lemieux by a lot. <laughs> Do you know what his, uh, his number is? <laughs> 1,700. Yeah, you're in the range. It's I know he's in the 17 somewhere. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you're at 1700. Uh, so he actually played 915 games and he had 1723 points. So that's crazy. This guy was okay. Pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty decent. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So Brendan San Jose. Joe Thornton. Incorrect. What? Oh, this is the easiest layup ever then, Zamarlo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was say it's Thornton or Marlo. Huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would have guessed Thornton too for the record. So. Yeah. I, I think the thing is, Marlo actually played there, I think, seven seasons before him or six seasons. Yeah, because you have the Boston years for, yeah. so for Thornton. Do you want to guess the point total? Um, I'm trying to think. What did I guess for – what I guessed for Alfredson, because I think it's uh, eleven hundred. Eleven oh two. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Damn, is it re- Thornton's got to be right behind him then, right? Oh gotta yeah, be. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just you think about that though. Those years in Boston. Yeah, I know. I just yeah, still I, thought that. I still thought he. I, yeah, like I would have thought still either way, even though it was. I, I mean, because then Boston years that he just was putting up. Red- Ridiculous assist number. Yeah, and then Marlowe had the last couple of years, like in Toronto, and right. that's uh, true. You know, yeah. Honestly, it's it's a gigantic drop off after those guys. I don't remember yeah. who's third. It might be 
Pavelski or Kocher, I guess. Owen, oh, probably Pavelski. Oh, and Nolan. Yeah, it might have been him. Maybe yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, damn. Yeah. Mm. Kevin, uh, St. Louis. Um. Boy, I have no idea. Uh, Brett Hall. That's a uh, that's a good guess. I believe he's second. Um, this is the <laughs> other franchise that has had every good player play for it, but none of them for more than five years. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and if they do play there for a long time, they're like David Backus level guys. <laughs> so, uh, Brendan, who do you uh, who do you want to guess here? God, that is a great question. Uh, who do I want to guess? Um, I mean, Al get Al McGinnis is coming to mind right off the bat just because of he was there for longevity. Was, yeah, longevity. But he was there with, with here. He was with Calgary for a bit. Um, and I'm trying to think of other forwards who really come to mind. Um, if I had to put a, a good guess on it, I'd probably say Patrick Berglund, maybe. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to go McGinnis. I'm going to go McGinnis. That's a good guess because I think he's in the top 10 for both Calgary and St. Louis, uh, but is incorrect. Mm. Uh, it's Bernie Federko. Oh, oh yeah. Man. I don't associate him with any team. No. He had 1,073 points with St. Louis. Mm. Really? Mm. Yeah. Was Hall too? Brad Hall, yeah, and he had the most goals by – I knew – oh, yeah, goals would be not even close. Yeah. yeah. He had, I think he had 500 goals in 10 seasons with St. Louis or something like that. Wow. Mm. Sir. Um, all right. So, next uh, is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I mean, that has got to be either St. Louis or Le Cavalier. Um, and I am going to go with – oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, is it St. Louis? Correct. Nice. Can you guess the yeah. total? Oh, boy. Um I'll go nine twenty-five. You're in the range. It's nine fifty-three. Let's nice. go. That could uh, kind of get you back into it because you're, you're. I think it's the I most. Was, I was slacking for like sixteen. Yeah. It gets like the most for a modern undrafted player. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I have to imagine. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, and he his um his two art Rosses came so far apart. I think they came like nine years apart. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right, Kevin, Toronto, you're uh, our fellas, all of our fellas. Yeah, that's Cody CC. <laughs> no, this one's Matt. It's Matt Sandin, right? That's right. Uh, can you guess the point total? Um, I think it's as high as I'm. 850. It's uh, 987. Uh, oh, okay. So no Toronto Maple Leaf has ever had a thousand points. Yeah, <laughs> just a pitiful team. Couldn't be us. They don't have nope. any Rod Gilberts. No one as good as Rod Gilbert in their franchise history. Um, Dar- Darren Drager's gonna. Darren Drager is under the impression that Mitch Marner already does. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's gonna tweet it out. <laughs> All right, uh, Brendan, Vancouver, Vancouver. Mm. Ooh, this is kind of a tough one because um, there's a few people that come to mind. Yeah, I got four names that I think this could I be. I think I do. I think we probably have the same four. <laughs> um, That's right. Louis Erickson. Yep. Be <laughs> Correct. Daniel yeah. 
uh, Clotuye, uh, their goalie. Yeah, Zach, Zach Cassian. Zach Cassian, of course, yes. Um, and you finish it off with uh, Suter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I will go mm, – boy. Um, I'm going to go Henrik Sedin. Correct. Nice. Oh, nice. Eleven seventy-five. Oh, it's ten seventy. Hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. You're, you're two back though, so. But it's also not your turn. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> so there's three teams left. Don't so. mess up, Kevin. Yeah, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. Kevin's definitely in the driver's seat here. All right, we have uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh. Um. All right. Well, it's either William Carlson or Jonathan Marsh. So. Um, William Carlson. Incorrect. Brendan, oh. you want to steal? I do. Um, and I don't know if it's Mark. Oh man! I oh, guess it man. could be Smith. It's one of those three. Yeah, no, I know, well, and because they're the only ones that have been there all three years. Right? That's that's exactly what I'm thinking too. I mean, I know. Oh man. Hmm. I will – I'm going to go with potential one-time future Buffalo Sabre Jonathan <laughs> Marsha show. That's correct. Hey, uh, there we go. Can you, can you guess the point total? Uh, yeah, let's go um, – how many years have Vegas been? I think three. Um, I'm going to go, like, I feel very, very, very comfortable saying 180. 181. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> I um, When I was doing this quiz, I was thinking, like, mm, this 50-point thing really isn't fair when you get to the teams that haven't been around as long. Right. I, I don't right. feel like adjusting it mathematically. I hope it, no. doesn't, hope it doesn't come up at any key points of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, we got a tie game. Uh, Brendan, you're uh, – your turn here it's uh washington okay uh ovechkin that's correct uh man how many points does he have um like a gazillion goals i'm gonna go with uh let's say 1375 oh you overshot it's 1278 Oh, all right. Just like 100. That's not too bad. Yeah. I was surprised that he's like 140 goals ahead of assists. Wow. Yeah. Is he really? It's, yeah. but not, it, it's insane. He has more than 700 goals. That's what I mean. I, I thought he would have been up there more. Huh? All right. Well, all right. So this last one, uh, Kevin, if you get the answer, uh, you win. Oof, I feel like Cousin Sale. Wait, he gets <laughs> it. If you mean if he gets both, he wins? Well. Because weren't we tied going into that one? Yes. So oh, did. yeah, yeah, that's right, Kevin. I got to get both. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, right. you get both, you win. You don't get either, you lose. I didn't come up with a bonus, but I – well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, the last team's Winnipeg, and this is just uh, uh, Atlanta slash Winnipeg, not the old Winnipeg Jets. Okay, so I, Atlanta and Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah. So it's either – I'm trying to decide. Okay. It's either Kovalchuk or one of the – I'm trying to wonder if Blake Wheeler's been there long enough. That's my thought. Um, 
Kovalchuk didn't have a lot of assists either. Blake Wheeler. That's correct. Nice. Okay. All right. Can you guess the point total within 50? I don't think it's very high. 550. Oh, it's 651. Ooh. Oh, imagine if I guessed 600. Wow. If I guessed 600, I would have lost by a point. Yeah, that would have been tough. Man. Um, Man, you were a worthy adversary, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, let, me, uh, let me see if I can come up with a bonus here real quick. Um, but I, I, off the top of my head, I'm honestly – That's sure okay. Hey, I'm – Yeah, tie is – yeah. I, I'm happy gentleman with the tie. Gentlemen tie. Right, let's just do the tie then. There's, we're all about friendship on yeah. straight up I have to, to come back and do it yeah, ex- sometime. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, next time you and Taylor could face off, I'll come up with a quiz. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there you go. Excellent, excellent All right, good stuff. Taylor, that was a good one. That, oh, was, that was fun. So, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a little bit harder than you would think. It's, yeah, it's some of those teams, I, yeah, guys, I, it's just hard. Like, the older it gets, unless it's, like, an obvious name like Gordy Howe, there's that middle period that I don't really know very well. Yeah, I, when I was looking at the Bruins, because I thought, oh, my Bruins might be Esposito. Like, obviously, Bobby Orr didn't play long enough to be mm-hmm. up there. But it's, like, mm-hmm. number two for them is, like, uh, Johnny, whose name I, I never get his last name right. Like, Uchik. For who? The Bruins. Oh, Johnny, yeah. Whatever his name is. Busich. Mm, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what might be a fun quiz to do next time? That's kind of in the same vein is if you did the same quiz, except you have to pick somebody in the top five who's not number one or two. So even if you could get, you have like yeah. essentially three choices per team. But oh, right. I feel like if you get to that point, though, because that would eliminate like the layups pretty much you have names, to like yeah. really think about who the guys oh, are one thing kevin we did one one quiz where uh i, I think i put brandon against uh bill, bill uh from the charging buffalo yeah uh mm-hmm. and it was the second leading score on every stanley cup loser yep. oh wow it's, it's i could see i could that's yeah i could probably do the leading score for a while back but then you yeah. also don't know like guys just have weird years sometimes like there's a couple years. I know there's a year where like Mario Lemieux was hurt, I think, and they went to the Cup final because he was healthy for the playoffs. And so you would, you know, it's like, oh, Lemieux is first, but it wasn't, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's definitely things like that. The one is uh, for Calgary when they went 0-4. It was um, Craig Conway. Craig Conway. Yeah, I think oh, I got I that said, one right too. Yeah. I would have said like Alex Tangay or something. Oh yeah, Tangay too. Yep. Yeah. Very very wild. They no, he's Colorado. Out. I don't know. No, he was yeah. with Calgary for a little bit. Though. Was he? I don't know if he was there then. I don't but. know if he was there for the cup year, but he was probably there not the cup. But he was definitely yeah. with Calgary at some point or another, at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's no Craig Connery though. So. No, <laughs> not many <Yeah>. are. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. And everybody who's listening at home, be sure that you go follow Kevin on Twitter at NT Rider. Have we determined, Kevin? Is it is it Night Rider? Is it NT Rider? It's it's you know it's whatever NT you Rider. want it to be. It's okay, just, you know, just whatever. You just go with the flow. Hey, we love just, a flexible Twitter handle. That's great. <laughs> yeah. But again, everybody at home, it is NT Rider eight two five. Check him out. He is a great follow, especially as the Sabres season is seemingly right upon us. Yeah. Uh, so, Kevin, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. Uh, everybody at home, be sure you are following us on any of the respective streaming platforms that you use, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google Play, whatever it is. Make sure you are following Straight Up Sabres. Also, make sure that you are following both of our presenting partners of this show, the Hockey Podcast Network. You can find them online at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. 
And you can find all of our other fellow shows, the 30 other teams who are in the league and their respective shows. Also, make sure you check out our other presenter of this podcast, Buffalo Fanatics. The Bills are going to the goddamn Super Bowl, folks. So Buffalo Fanatics is who you want to be following along with as we are approaching this glorious ride off into the sunsets that will be the 2020 playoffs. So, or 2021, I guess it would be then at that point. Yeah. Um, but anyways, though, uh, anything else to add, Taylor? I guess we just got to do a random Sabres player of the episode and then. Maybe we go one at a time since there's three of us. Yeah. It might be So, Kevin, Taylor and I will go first, but uh, I think you might remember from your last visit on to the show, we like to end each episode by just mm-hmm. staying a guy. Uh, yep. Somebody from Sabres lore. Um, it could be anybody you want. They could have played here for a million games or literally no games. But if they were a Sabre, we like to just give them a good shout-out of recognition at the end of each episode. So, Taylor, who is your player of the episode? David Legwand. David Legwand. (laughs) I love that. That's good stuff. I'm going to go with – let's go Vaclav Verano. Good stuff. Kevin, who you got? Give me Tyson Strachan. Ooh. Ooh, that's a spice. My favorite team ever. (laughs) <laughs> big air quotes on favorite i'm sure <laughs> Maybe. all right well kevin thank you again everybody make sure you're going and following him on twitter make sure you're also following us on our respective social media platforms we are on instagram now so make sure you go check us out there at straight up sabers you can find us on facebook straight up sabers and on twitter due to those damn character counts we are just straight sabers everybody thank you all so much for tuning in we really appreciate it we'll talk to you again on monday this has been straight up sabers Thank you.